The beauty of a soul set free is marvelous to behold and even more marvelous to experience. A young high school student visited a teaching mission in town where he surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. The young man went home excited and awed by his experience and told his mother he had been saved. Saved from what? His mother wanted to know. The glorious answer is the sins of the redeemed have been washed away by Christ's cleansing blood, and our new Father placed our new names in the Lamb's book of life, and that's eternally huge. Saved from what? Consider Revelation 20, verses 11 through 15. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead, which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead, which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Saved from what? We are set free from all of Satan's bondages and given supernatural power over all sinful carnal lust. The blood-bought are literally saved from their own iniquity. Psalms 40, verse 12, For innumerable evils have compassed me about. Mine iniquities have taken hold upon me so that I am not able to look up. They are more than the hairs of my head. Therefore, my heart faileth me. When Jesus comes into the hearts of the redeemed, they are commanded and given the authority and power to bring their every thought into captivity. 2 Corinthians ten three through 6 For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. We are no longer led by and chained to the devil's carnal drives, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we control the ground between our ears. The redeemed sing the song of a soul set free. They are saved. Dear visitor, have you yet to be born again? Jesus said in John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Born again means what it says. Born a second time. This time of the Spirit of God. In just a moment, I will invite you to follow me in a simple prompt. Those who follow from their heart will participate in the greatest miracle man can know. Today, all your sin and its shame will be washed away by the blood of Christ. Today, all of Satan's bondages in your life will be broken, no matter how formidable they seem. Today, you will be saved. Yes, you will be born again. Here is the simple prompt I promised. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God.
Now for today's subject. God said, Genesis 1-1, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. God said, 2 Thessalonians 2-11, And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. God said, Romans 1 verse 28, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Man said, Wow, my first cousin is a mushroom. Who knew? Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature 1143, that will very clearly defend the full supernatural origin and content of God's Word. All of these faith-building, supernatural, Holy Ghost, wealth-building features are archived here in text and streaming audio for your edification and as ammunition in the battle for the souls of the lost sons and daughters of Adam. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Thank you for visiting. May God's face shine on you with light and truth. God speaks to Job in Job chapter 38, verse 4. Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare, if thou hast understanding. The answer to God's question for all of us, and certainly for the famed skeptics of academia, is we were nowhere to be seen. We were not there when God laid the foundations of the earth. God said, man said, is a proof source dedicated to defending the inerrant veracity of the God-authored majority text Holy Bible. The truth of the Scriptures is so completely true beyond doubt of any ilk. This exercise of proving the book and for that matter, proving anything that seriously demands our attention is commanded by God in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 21. Prove all things, hold fast that which is good. There are over 1,100 features presently on this website. One particular series, the Jot and Tittle series, lists over 400 biblical proofs in short, soundbite fashion, and it so completely settles the score. In the near future, God willing, we will add 100 more proofs to that series. Every conceivable academic discipline is shouting yes. Romans 4, verses 20 and 21 speaks of Abraham, who is known as the father of faith. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform. When I am fully persuaded that Jesus is God's Christ and that the Word is beyond the reproaches of men and of devils, then all of the Bible's marvelous proclamations and promises become mine. John 3.16 is mine. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3, 3 is mine. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. John eleven twenty five and 26 is mine. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Revelation 21, 1 through 6 is mine. 
And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. When the word of God is mixed with faith, when we are fully persuaded, the great gates of life swing wide open, and it all begins at born again. Psalms 19, verses 1 through 3. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Everywhere we look, the hand of God is evidence for all to see. Yet the world's wisest just can't see it. The reason they can't see his hand is simple. They are blind. Everywhere men lends an ear to hear the voice of God's creation, he hears. Yet the world's wisest just can't hear a thing. The reason they can't hear his voice is simple. They are deaf. The world's so-called wisest are blind and deaf, but have convinced themselves and their blind and deaf followers that they can, in fact, see and hear. God's glorious creation should end the debate, and for the sighted and those that can hear, it does. Academia's God, evolution on the other hand, claims no God is needed. No God, not at all. Rather, there was this fortuitous explosion, and everything just evolved into what you see today out of nothing. That explanation satisfies the inquiring mind, don't you think? No need for follow-up questions like what, huh, or how? Day unto day uttereth speech, and the hearing ear testifies. In his book, Censored Science, The Suppressed Evidence, author Bruce Malone uh, writes the following about ears and hearing. Every part of the ear is a marvel of engineering, foresight, and wonder. The outer ear is exactly the right shape to catch and magnify passing sound waves. The ear channel is exactly the right diameter and depth to magnify the resonant frequency of 4,000 kilohertz sound waves, the average wavelength of a human voice, yet too small to allow fingers inside. The ear channel has wax-producing glands to keep moisture from forming mildew inside of the channel, and unlike normal skin, which replace, replaces uh, cells vertically, the layer of skin within the ear grows horizontally outward in order to sweep debris from the ear. The eardrum is attached to one of three tiny bones, which are connected by perfectly designed gaskets. 
These bones transfer the pressure vibrations from the air to a set of tiny snail-shaped liquid channels deep within our skulls and embedded in bone. The design of these three tiny bones magnifies the minuscule movement of the eardrum, and the last stirrup-shaped bone acts like a tiny piston to force liquid within a sealed snail-shaped structure to spiral up one side of the channel and back out the other side, bulging a flexible gasket in and out at the outlet end. Between the fluid flow up one side of the channel and back down the other side is a third completely closed channel, which is completely uh, with a completely separate liquid uh, surrounding tiny hair-like structures, each one attached to a nerve leading directly to our brains. As the sound pressure waves passes the ear, it is magnified in the channel, vibrates the eardrum, and moves the bones attached to the drum, which amplifies the noise up to 100 times before passing the sound into the spiraling liquid within a complex snail-shaped structure called a cochlea. The eardrum can respond to sounds covering a noise level range of 1 million to 1. If the noise level is too high, the brain stretches a muscle attached to the eardrum to dampen the sound level like a hand held against a drum head. If any part is missing, hearing becomes impaired or impossible. How did the brain learn to interpret the electrical signals from the microscopic hairs correctly? Evolutionists simply don't know. From where did the perfectly tuned little bones, which transfer sound from air to liquid without losing sensitivity, come? Evolutionists simply don't know. How did the fluid field uh, snail-like cochlea develop? Evolutionists simply don't know. How can the brain tune out the enormous movement of blood through the eardrum while sensing angstrom-sized pressure pulses? Evolutionists simply don't know. The incredible structure of our ear is sadly attributed to chance mutational processes rather than to the designer of this incredible system, end of quote. These are spiritually very dark days, and the darkness deepens. At the end of the world, a satanic spirit of dark destruction will control the minds and hearts of men. Second Thessalonians calls it the deceivableness of unrighteousness. Unrighteousness is the thoughts and deeds of unbelief. The deceivableness of unrighteousness results in a spirit of strong delusion. Second Thessalonians 2, 7 through 12. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Everything you've just read is true, but this very last day's darkness is very good news for the fishers of men. The best friend of the candle is extreme darkness, 
Speaking of the body of Christ, Jesus says in Matthew 5:14, "Ye are the light of the world." What a time to shine. These are the last days, and the world will embrace the lie with confidence. This is the strong delusion that is the result of the deceivableness of unrighteousness. As you read the following excerpts from Von Veth and Malone's book, Have You Considered? Consider this. Evolution, the creator god of today's academics, claims with a straight face that these marvels were the result of a big bang that came out of nothing, and from this nothing, through time and chance, the marvels of all life just evolved and that man's first cousin was a mushroom. Psalms 14.1, The fool has said in his heart there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. Authors Von Vett and Malone discuss the honeybee, one of God's special creations, whose product is named in the description of the promised land described in Exodus 3.8 as a land flowing with milk and honey. Now from Have You Considered? Have you ever thought about how a honeybee communicates to the rest of the colony where the new source of nectar is? She does a dance. If the food source is near, she just dances in a circle. If the food source is over a 100 yards away, she does the waggle dance, which is like a figure eight. The center of the waggle reveals the direction and distance to the flower. The bee uses the sun as a reference point to signal the direction to the flower from the hive. If the flower is toward the sun, the bee waggles up the vertical cone. If it is away from the sun, it waggles down the cone. If it is 60 degrees to the east of the sun, it will waggle at a 60-degree angle and so forth. The dance is a complex but effective form of communication. Evolutionists believe that this dance came about slowly over a long period of time. Really? If only one bee came up with the idea and the other did not understand, the result would be no nectar gained. If this dance slowly evolved, how would all the bee ancestors have survived? If they survived without this complicated dance, why would they need to invent the dance? God programmed within the honeybee this unique form of communication. The honeybee's communication style is so precise and complex that it shouts design. And God is that designer. For thousands of years, the bee's honeycomb has fascinated mankind. Pappus of Alexandria, a 3rd century A.D. astronomer and mathematician, was intrigued by the honeycomb shape found inside of hives. He asked himself, why is the honeycomb cell six-sided? Why isn't the honeycomb cell in the shape of a circle, triangle, or square? Pappus found that the six-sided shape the hexagon, holds more honey and takes less wax to produce than any other shape. Even the cap covering each cell is unique. It was not until modern calculus was invented over a thousand years later that the shape of the cap at the end of the honeycomb cell was analyzed. Each cell cap is a pyramid made of three rhombuses. This cap shape was found to require the smallest possible amount of wax for construction. Each bee knows how to build this type of cell and cap. Some say they are great engineers. However, it is the one who designed the programming that controls the honeybee who really is the great engineer, and that would be Jesus. How about this discussion about the bumblebee? 
Does a bumblebee have two or four wings? It has four wings. The wings are in pairs, coupled together by a row of hooks on the back wing that grip in a groove on the rear edge of the front wing. As the bee gets ready to fly, its wings unfold, causing the hooks to fall into the groove and lock in place. Now, the wings are a single, large flight surface. A bumblebee can fly up, down, sideways, backwards, and forwards with a speed over six miles per hour. The bee flaps its wings about 200 times a second, causing the buzzing noise we hear. Why is a bumblebee made with short wings? Watch it move around inside a flower to see the bee hold its wings and lay them along its back. Long wings would stick out and the bee would not be able to turn in tight spaces. The wings are specially designed. The way the bee swings coupled together with hooks in a groove could not have come about by accident and chance. It was specifically designed for the work of the bumblebee. End of quote. God created the honeybee and the bumblebee to serve in the kingdom of plants and ultimately for the blessing of man. Evolution just isn't an option. When we have arrived at the end of the world as we know it, darkness will be its deepest and the candle will shine its brightest. Don't fear the darkness. You, saints, are the light of the world. God said, Genesis 1-1, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. God said, 2 Thessalonians 2-11, And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. God said, Romans 1-28, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Man said, Wow, my first cousin is a mushroom. Who knew? Now you have the record.